Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. U.S. President Barack Obama will join uh, the Mexican president and, of course, uh, our own prime minister uh, at the Three Amigos Summit, which, of course, is all happening in Ottawa. Nelson Wiseman is with us, professor of political science. University of Toronto is here to talk about it. Good afternoon, Nelson. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. First, Nelson, before we get to the Three Amigos Summit, uh, your thoughts uh, on what has happened in the U.K. with the EU. Uh, did you expect this? Are you surprised? Uh, I guess I am surprised. I thought there would be a narrow Remain victory, but I'm not, you know, in another one, when it's so narrow, it could go the other way. I was surprised it was 52%. I thought uh, the victory would be, if there was, for the Leave, it would be narrower. And actually, after the assassination, if that's what it was last year week, the murder of the Labour MP, I thought that would tip the balance uh, to the Remain side. Uh, before that, in the week, 10 days before that, it looked like the Leaf side was picking up momentum, and I thought that that killing of the uh, female Labour MP would swing sentiment. But obviously, it may have done a bit, but uh, the Leaf side won. I thought, it, it, I, I thought the vote was actually, um, when I checked the results uh, before they came in, and I saw on the New York Times site that it was around 50.5 to 49.5, I thought, well, you know, it's very close. So I was surprised that it went up to 52%. What, uh, how, how do they move forward from here? What does the next two years entail? Well, we, I think it'll be a lot more than two years, and I don't think they know themselves. Mm. That's sort of what they're sorting out. I mean, right now there's a, a lack of leadership. Because you've got a, a, a prime minister who's announced his resignation. You have a leader of the opposition who's just had a major revolt in his party. And it, it's, uh, we'll see whether he can survive. Most of his shadow cabinet has resigned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and you don't have any leadership from the uh, Leaf side. So uh, there's just this complete uh, political vacuum. And in that context, uh, you're seeing uh, markets um, descend, although I don't know how the British market is doing today. The markets are up in North America, but I, you know, I don't know if the pound is up or down today or if the British banks are up or down, but those British banks have lost, um, you know, Barclays, Royal Bank of Scotland, they've lost 30% in, two, in, in the last two days. But again, I don't know how they're doing today. Almost immediately after this vote, there was lots of talk of reversing it. Uh, has that ship sailed? Can you even go there? Uh, can you reverse it? Yeah. Mm, no, I don't think you can. Because, uh, it, uh, no, I don't think you can. I mean, from a constitutional point of view, you can. Because technically, in a parliamentary system like Britain's, like Canada's, Australia's, there are no referenda. They are plebiscites. Because... Uh, Parliament has three components, just getting technical here. Uh, one, one is the, the House of Commons, one is the Senate, and one is the Crown. And although by convention the Crown gives royal assent to anything that's passed, uh, 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 a referendum, as in the United States, auto, when you have a constitutional referendum in the U.S., it automatically becomes part of the Constitution. The people are sovereign. In Canada, that's not the case. Parliament is sovereign, and Parliament also requires royal assent. 
and that was settled in, in a legal case in 1919, which dealt with uh, uh, referendums in Manitoba. So uh, from it, what's not clear is, uh, does the British Parliament have to vote on this? I don't think it does. I think this can be triggered by the, uh, by the executive, by the uh, government itself. But, of course, I, you know, I think the British Parliament might want to weigh in. Most of them are in favor of staying. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, you, you decided to have a referendum, which implied you were going to take the opinion of the public. Well, mm. the public's weighed in. Uh, your thought on this referendum, should it have ever been called? Is What does this say about well, referendum? I don't think any referendum should be called. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. And and this referendum and the Quebec referendum pointed out why they shouldn't be called. Yeah. Because, but I understand why it was called, and the reason why it was called is because it was the only way David Cameron uh, could become leader of the Conservative Party and hang on. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the deal, and you know, so it gave him a few years in power, and he figured, okay, and then then I'll run the campaign and I'll uh, try to win, and uh, he did, but he lost. So, no, referenda are really stupid because the issue isn't that simple. Hmm. And what happens is that it, it turns into a referendum on something completely else. For example, in the Meech Lake Accord, although all three parties in Parliament agreed to it, all the premiers agreed to it, the Reform Party printed it, it presented it as Mulroney's deal. Therefore, it's got to be bad. And it was voted down. Hey, I'm not saying it shouldn't have been voted down. I wasn't keen on the Meech Lake Accord. I didn't vote for it. But having said all of that, it was folly to get into a referendum because the referendum does not become necessarily about the particular issue. It often becomes about, you know, yeah. well, whose idea was this? Yeah. And, and this, you know, and, um, yeah, and, and so in the case of Britain, it became like, hey, do you want uh, immigrants in the country? Yeah. In fact, not only immigrants, a lot of people took it to mean that uh, people that, it, that might even be second or third generation in Britain should now be deported. Yeah. Nobody was proposing that immigrants be deported, but that's how it came across to a lot of people. How does this affect the rest of the world? For example, the, the Three Amigos Summit, how much of this will be on the agenda? Oh, lo- oh all the informal talk will be about it, but uh, the agenda, you know, give it, the formal agenda will give it a bit of time, but Look, at these uh, summits, the, when these leaders get together, everything's been worked out before they get together. Mm-hmm. Because the referendum was last um, uh, uh, Thursday, I think, I mean, of course, they, have, they discuss. I mean, they're political animals. That's what they'll talk about. But in terms of the formal agenda, that's been set. It's been put to bed. They're going to come out with um, the agreements that they've all made, which are not in my opinion, all that significant. You know, um, the main thing that's going on at this conference, at least between Canada and Mexico, is um, is the visa question. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that'll be resolved. The media are suggesting that, oh yeah, Canada's going to allow a visa-free travel from Mexico, but I, I understand the bureaucracy has a lot of reservations. And... Uh, and uh, Obama, well, he's essentially a lame duck president. And so there's no agreement. And, and, and in any event, he can't, 
unlike Trudeau, and I don't know what the case is in Mexico, but I think it's similar to to the U.S., uh, Obama can't commit to anything, um, any legally binding thing, unless Congress goes along. Congress isn't in business these days. Hmm. Oxygen there is taken up with uh, with the election. Speaking of the U.S. election, how does uh, what's happening in the U.K. and the EU uh, affect the U.S. election? Does it in any way, d- does, this, uh, does this come on the radar for Americans? Absolutely. It's a very, very big story in the States, and I think it really helps Hillary Clinton. And, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of commentators are saying, oh, no, this helps Trump. Mm-hmm. And Trump uh, patted the British on the back. Au contraire, in my opinion. The reason it helps Hillary Clinton is because people are seeing what's happening in the markets, mm. and they're freaking out. Right. You know, and, and they're seeing, and uh, the, um, in, in the U.S., things like pension funds, a lot of people's what we call RRSPs, what mm-hmm. they call IRAs or 408Ks, 401Ks, yep. uh, retirement savings, hey, they're seeing big hits. Hey, how come this is happening? Oh, it's because Britain voted to leave. Oh, well... Does that mean if we cut NAFTA that that'll disrupt things? So, at least in the short term, I think it boosts Hillary Clinton. Uh, wh- what do you think the Leave side is saying now? What would their be their reaction be to the fallout of this, or at least the immediate fallout? Well, when you say the Leave side, it's not one voice. Mm-hmm. Y- you don't have a collective throat here. You've got you know mm-hmm. Boris Johnson, who who's the the lead Leave guy. Uh, um, from outside of the government, but but is a conservative and wants to become the leader, you know, all of a sudden on Saturday, first he goes underground, then he writes an editorial saying, oh no, Britain is part of Europe, it'll always be part of Europe. Well, that isn't what he was saying last week, and what does that mean Yeah, if you're for leaving? And then this other guy, Michael Gove, who is the senior conservative cabinet minister in favor of leaving, well, he's also, you know, saying, well, you know, we don't have to trigger this right away, we got time. Then when you've got this other guy who leads this um, isolationist party, the UKIP, well, you know, I mean, their message is just essentially, uh, from what I can see, it's an ant- they're, they're going on anti-immigrant bias. I, I, or they have some image of a little England, I guess. Uh, I mean, they're deluding themselves if the Scots aren't going to fight this. In fact, what may very well happen is that doesn't just lead to potentially fracturing Europe, well, it is fractured now with Britain voting to leave, but of course uh, the United Kingdom itself it, it could be subject to fracturing because people could say, well, look, if you could vote for leave, why can't we? And, there, and there's a parallel here in Canada. Whenever we have a referendum in Quebec, all of a sudden a lot of people say, well, look, um, if Quebec votes for separatism, mm-hmm. can't, can't Montreal vote to stay in? Because most people there want to stay. Yeah. <laughs> or can't they vote to just separate from Quebec? How do you think this whole issue will alter life for the rest of us? Do you think this will heat up separatist tension in Quebec? Not at all. I think it's quite the opposite, for the same reasons that I think in the U.S. it's cooled harder. Mm-hmm. The, the trouble with the argument that I've seen in the paper is, Separatists are saying, well, if 50% is good enough for the British, why isn't it good enough for us? Mm -hmm. The reason it's not good enough is because the Supreme Court said, which makes perfect sense, I I don't deny that 50% plus one is enough, but how about a clear question? Yeah. 
you know, the British had a clear question. You want to remain? You want to leave? Mm-hmm. You know, what was the question in the Quebec referendum? Did you agree with the agreement signed <laughs> by the three leaders of the parties in the National Assembly on June the 12th, 1995? Well, what does that mean? And, and if you read the agreement, what does it mean? And we find out later, not surprisingly at all, that, uh, and this is documented in Chantal Hébert's book, that to uh, Parizeau this meant, okay, it's over, we're out of Canada. For Lucien Bouchard, who was the head of the uh, Yes campaign, it meant, no, no, this is a bargaining chip. Hmm. Uh, when this all went down, I believe Trump was in Scotland visiting one of his golf courses and, and basically said, uh, good for them for taking, uh, or good for the UK for taking their country back. Uh, do you think this will backfire for him and that this could work against him as opposed to, you know, building up that wall and building up that sort of uh, uh, mantra that he seems to be selling lately? No, no, I think it does work against him mm-hmm. because... Look, if the markets had skyrocketed yeah. and people said, hey, this is really great. Look, the pound is just going through the roof. Hey, th- this could really be good for us. How long do you think things will be unstable there? Well, n- n- nobody knows. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, and then it depends what kind of stability are we talking about. Are we talking political? Are we talking economic? They're related because, because the... Um, uh, they are related, but they can operate in different directions. So, um, you know, politically, things are just as uncertain today as they were yesterday. But economically, I don't know, the financial markets, I think, today, at least in North America, are up. I haven't seen what's going on in Britain. Nelson Wiseman's been with us, professor of political science, University of Toronto, talking about the Three Amigos Summit and Brexit. Nelson, thank you very much for the time and insight, as always. Much appreciated. Okay, thank you.